This is Blaze Allison Kearsley with the How I Learn series, and this is the How I Learn podcast. That's my cat. Just ignore her. She's fine. So this time we have a story from Hillary Ray. Yep. Who is a <laughs> storyteller and comedian who lives in Philadelphia, but she comes to New York frequently to do The Moth and other New York-based storytelling and comedy shows. And I find her really fun to watch and listen to as a storyteller because she has a very specific style. She has a very polished style, and I think it's really interesting. So I was thrilled to have her on my show. Here she is telling a story for the theme, How I Learned the Language of Love. And it's a story about how she was obsessed with the singer of a 90s ska band. And that alone is hilarious to me. Enjoy. I never thought I would fall in love crowd surfing. At age 15, at a Goldfinger concert. (laughs) But everyone had stopped skanking and people were taking that opportunity to lift up into the air, so I decided that it was my time to try it out too. So I was lifted up and floating on a a cloud of grabby hands, and I have the most perfect view of the stage. And there he is, the lead singer of the opening band, Real Big Fish. (laughs) He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and yellow Doc Martens and a slicked back brown pompadour. And I look at him and I think, I'm going to marry him someday. And I'm going across the crowd thinking about this new love that I have and then they drop me, smack hard on the concrete. And I start to see stars and I don't know if it's from falling in love or from getting a concussion, but as I'm lying there, I'm like, he's mine, he's all mine. Now this is the mid 90s, the internet is fairly new, so in order to stalk and then woo your future rock star husband, you have to refer to the weekly free papers in Philadelphia to look for ads for venues to see when the band is coming back to town. But luckily, luckily this was at the height of the popularity of third wave ska. And so Real Big Fish was like riding to the top. So they were gonna be back in a month for not one, but two performances, a daytime record store appearance and then a show that night at the same venue where I fell in love. I'm like, great, I will be there. So my parents wrote me a note to leave school early that day and I'm pretty sure the note said, please excuse Hillary from seventh period, she needs to tell the man that she's going to marry that he's going to marry her. And I drag my one friend, Alicia, with me down to HMV Record Store. She just cut school like a normal high school student would do. And we were so early, like two hours early. So we plop down cross-legged in front of the, the stage that they have set up, and I'm instantly bored, like no attention span. So I'm daydreaming and gazing around the record store and my eyes are like in a panoramic view of what's happening. And then I, they stop on him. Aaron, the lead singer of Real Big Fish. 
but he's in the techno music section. And this is really confusing to me, but before I can really process it, my friend Alicia is pushing me towards him and I'm standing there right in front of him and before I can think of anything to say, I just look at him and say, hi, why are you in the techno music section? And he stares back at me and then he opens his mouth and he sings. He sings, why waste your time? You know you're gonna be mine. You know you're gonna be mine. I'm gonna get you, baby. I'm gonna get you, yes I am. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> he must have seen me crowd surfing a month ago and this is what it's like to have a soulmate. And I snap out of it in time to see that he's holding up a cassette tape and he's like, this is my favorite early 90s club jam. I've been looking for it everywhere. And I'm like, oh, me too. I love that song. And we hug and we exchange names and we take pictures together and then he has to go get ready for the performance. So I plop myself down in front of the stage again and the show starts. And they're singing songs and then at a point they say, what do you want to hear next? And I'm not thinking that I said something, but I said something. I said the name of a song and it's a duet that they have. And he says, well, we need someone to sing the girl part. Why don't you sing the girl part? And before I can stop my friend from pushing me on the stage, she pushes me on the stage and I'm up next to my future husband were like the 90s ska version of Sonny and Cher. <laughs> but we're not singing I Got You Babe. We are singing a song about his former girlfriend turning into a lesbian. And I'm singing the song with so much gusto because I want to make it clear to him that I will not turn into a lesbian at any point in our relationship. So as if things couldn't get better, after that show in the afternoon, I went to the evening show at the venue where I crowd surfed and I was in the front and when they got to that song, he looked down at me and the bouncer pulled me up onto the stage and I sang the song again in front of 800 people. And this time I sang with even more gusto that I sang through all the girl parts and the boy parts I sang, I'll even cut my penis off for you. <laughs> But it didn't matter because at the end of that show, we exchanged numbers. He gave me his beeper number and I gave him my parents' landline. <laughs> we exchanged addresses. We had a wonderful pen pal relationship. He would send me these letters on Japanese stationery with pictures of himself all over it. And every letter at the bottom would always say the same thing. I miss you, heart, heart, Aaron. So they came to town a lot and every time there were backstage passes waiting for me at the venue and we would spend a little bit of time together and it was wonderful. And that summer was the Warp Tour. So we're out in a parking lot. It's, it's scorching hot concrete and he gets down on one knee and he grabs my wrist and he puts this bracelet on my wrist. It's a heart-shaped bracelet. It's like little plastic rainbow hearts. Now he didn't say the words, will you marry me? but I knew that's what he meant. So a couple weeks later when school started and I was now a sophomore in high school, I went in there and said, guess what guys, I'm engaged to a rock star. And everyone believed my reality because a lot of my school was at that HMV performance and saw me singing like Sonny and Cher. And then I was at a point where I was talking about it every day. I was talking about him bringing in all the stuff, the letters and things that he would send me. And I even started to wear Hawaiian shirts. 
And no one thought it was weird that a 16-year-old girl was hanging out with someone who was in their 20s. He was too young to rent a car, but he was in his early to mid-20s. My parents didn't ever question it. They're like, okay, have fun. They'd like answer the phone when he called. But they really, no one had anything to worry about because this, this love that we had was totally platonic. But to be honest, at the time, at 16, I thought that that's how true love started out, platonic, and then it just blossomed from there. Now, we were backstage at one show. We were off to the side, and there was, like, those black velour dusty curtains that were draping everything, and he's looking at me, and all of a sudden, he, like, pulls me into this dusty velour curtain and just hugs me for a really long time, like, in the dark and that was it. Now, this engagement went on for about two years. But then the phone calls stopped and the letters stopped. And I knew they were coming to town, so I showed up at the venue and I went to the box office and there was no backstage pass waiting for me. But I decided to buy a ticket anyway. And I stood in the back and I was really upset. I didn't know what to do. And I was just looking at everybody else, like cheering and screaming and singing along and even crowd surfing. And then it hit me. I wasn't engaged to Aaron, the lead singer of Real Big Fish. No, he was just doing his job by engaging with a fan. And this was not what love was supposed to be, not a 20-minute awkward hug in a black velour curtain. So I left that night, and I went home, and I packed everything that he had ever given me, anything that had to do with him, in a box. And I taped it up, and then I stopped listening to ska music. <laughs> I went into high school the next day and said, guess what, guys? The engagement is off. I was as dramatic as the cover of Us Weekly. Now, I started listening to emo music, which was getting popular at the time, which was a really good way to mend my broken heart. And I forgot about him. Until a couple years ago, I was in my parents' basement. They wanted me to go through stuff, and I, I found a box marked the big box of Aaron, and I swear it was smeared with my 17-year-old tears, that label. And I opened it up, and I was picking through everything inside, and there it was, the plastic rainbow heart-shaped bracelet. And so I just put it on for a minute, and all of these memories came back, and these feelings came back that were legitimate feelings, legitimately love, just maybe not the love I would experience later down the line. I only had the bracelet on for a minute, and then I took it off, and I put it back in the box, and I taped everything up again, but I added a second label, and I said, do not throw out ever. Thanks, guys, so much. Blaze here again. That story really takes me back, not only because I, you know, was once a teenage girl, but I just remember in the 90s, the whole ska thing, like ska was having a moment a little bit. It was weird. And then like the movie Swingers came out with Vince Vaughn and that was really big. And it was sort of part of that whole moment. Swingers and ska was part of the same moment. I feel like it was really weird. And it wasn't like a resurgence it wasn't a ska resurgence because I like let's face it it wasn't real ska do you know what I mean it was it was 90s ska anyway and I didn't know the the band Real Big Fish I wasn't because I wasn't really into the that weird ska moment but also 
I think they were probably after my time. Not that I am of any certain age at all, but yeah, I didn't know them. But now I do. Uh, you can find out more about Hillary Ray at hillaryray.com. That's R-E-A. This podcast episode was edited by Christopher De La Cruz. The music you're hearing is um, something sk- something skanking. It is some something something skanking by Real Big Fish. And you can find out more about the How I Learn series at howilearnseries.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can find out when the next show is. Come out and see us. Thanks so much for listening. Hope to see you soon.